What is up, Penguins fans? A whole lot to get to for this Monday edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Penguins finally end their four-game losing streak. They take down the Nashville Predators in overtime 3-2, all thanks to Sidney Crosby and Jason Zucker. We're going to get into that game, plus what happened against Washington. Evgeny Malkin's likely pending suspension. It may break, honestly, as I am recording. I'm going to give my thoughts on the hit and why some of this outcry from some of these other rival fans is just you know, a little much, in my opinion, and a whole lot more, especially as it looks like Brock McGinn, I think, is coming back on Tuesday. Why a recent move by the Penguins um, definitely seems to indicate that. We have all of that, plus so much more coming up on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Your Locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. So the Pittsburgh Penguins, as I said in my intro, they the losing streak is over. They take down the Nashville Predators by a score of three to two. And you know, this was a big win um, by the Penguins. I, I, I guess we'll start there. I'll get to the Saturday stuff here in a little bit. Um, but you know, this game. It didn't really start out well. Uh, well, the Penguins scored first, but they really weren't playing well. You know, this was a time about halfway through the game, the Penguins were being outshot 18, 19 to four. Heck, even I think it was 20 to four at a time. Looked very similar to game one against Nashville in 2017 when the Penguins were just going, you know, very like with a very long time of not having a shot. Obviously, what, you know, happened in that game with Jake Gensel scoring on the Penguins first shot in like 37 minutes. It didn't happen in this game, but, you know, it felt eerily, um, similar to say the least, you know, Nashville's able to tie it uh, thanks to a really bad defensive play by Marcus Pedersen. Nick Cousins scores in the third period. And honestly, you know, during that time, I thought the game was probably over. Um, Penguins were not playing good hockey, even for a few minutes after that. It just, you know, they did not have it um, to say the least. They're forechecking. And, you know, they brought it in at the old early start of the game, but it just, it went downhill after that, the Penguins really only started to get back into the game when none other than Jason Zucker gets his seventh goal of the season, his first goal at home uh, since December. Um, and that, you know, that was that was a, that was just a massive goal um, for the Penguins because after that, I thought they really did take it to the Predators. Um, I think Nashville was lucky that it did get to overtime. I thought the Penguins had some really nice chances towards the late stages of the third, and then the overtime was just dominated by Peng- uh, by the Penguins. I'm um, Sidney Crosby made sure that the Penguins were going to break their losing streak. I mean, he was a man on a mission in this game. And, you know, do I expect him to win the Hart Trophy? No. But I think he definitely sent a message to some of the voters that he should be on a lot of people's ballots. Um, personally, I would have Austin Matthews over him, probably Leon Dreisaitl, Shesterkin. I mean, that that that's probably my top three right there. I would probably have Yossi and Sid. Um, in my top five after that, and Johnny Goudreau, honestly, those six players. It's you can make a case for any of those six players to be in the in their in the top three for finalists, and you would not hear an argument for me, um, to say the least. But 
Um, Sid was just a one-man wrecking crew. Congratulations to him for getting his 1,400th point in the NHL, seventh fastest player to ever get to that mark. He's now 22nd all-time um, in NHL scoring uh, past Yari Curry. Yesterday, only three points behind Ovechkin right now for 21st all-time among all players. So uh, many more points to go. Um, but just, you know, what a game he played. Um, and, you know, he he still has it even at age 34. And this is the, it's the main reason why, you know, no one can really ever count out the Penguins in a series. Because if Sid gets going, good luck, uh, to say the least. You know, that, that first goal yesterday, he was he was flying from the opening shift. Um, and just, just a truly spectacular game from him. Heck, even in the, with his overtime goal, Granlin has the puck in the corner. Sid just ragdolls him, says, get out of my way, takes the puck from him. Um, just comes in the front of the net, makes a little bit of a move, tries to go back. Then Raquel gives it to Sidney Crosby with that nice little half stopper. Penguins go home happy and get two crucial points. Magic numbers down to three. They will go to Long Island on Tuesday to try and clinch a playoff spot. Um, and, you know, speaking of Ricard Raquel and Sid, to say the least, I think now is the time we should start to see them play together. Um, you know, um, J- Jeff, who has been on this show numerous times, I think he was one of the first people to really um, touch on this on his Twitter account. Shout out to him. You know, he was saying that, you know, right when Raquel was acquired, um, the Penguins, they should try Raquel with Sid. And that it made a lot of sense just because of, you know, how he's kind of like a straight line player, also a really good uh, playmaker, just has really flashy hands um, too. And, you know, you saw that on display, you know, against the Predators. Remember, Raquel and Crosby were on the ice for all three goals. You know, the tying goal, especially, you know, Zucker was able to get it from Raquel and Crosby. Obviously, the game winner was from Raquel. And then the first goal, um, too, you know, Raquel, right, right, right to Sid. So, um uh, and Mike Sullivan even confirmed it after the game that they have looked into playing Raquel with Sid for a little bit. And I think um, I think it was reported somewhere that some of the Penguins' upper management, you know, they believe that Raquel could play with either uh, Sid or Gino. So what I personally would do, I would run Gensel, Crosby, Raquel because of the chemistry that those two have. And obviously so you're not going to take Gensel off. And I would give Brian Rust to Evgeny Malkin and have, you know, Jason Zucker flanking his left. And I think you can really have, you know, two basically number one lines at that point because I do think Gino uh, definitely needs some help right now. He's not playing um, as good of hockey as he was when he first came back. Hopefully he's able to ramp it up here down the stretch and into the playoffs. He's still been obviously really good. I mean, he's on a point-per-game pace. This really two-game season, he'd be on pace for, I think, over 30 goals and 80-something points. So I'm not I'm not here to dump on him or anything like that. I'll get to the hit a little bit later. But um, I still think he needs a little more help for his line, and he's had good chemistry with Brian Rust in the past. So if I were Mike Sullivan, I would make that switch because I, I know when the city line is out there, they're producing a lot of chances, but they're also playing really well defensively. And I think if you put Brian Rust – with Evgeny Malkin, I think he's a really defensively responsible player. I think that line won't get caved in as much, and I think Jason Zucker is also pretty underrated for his defense too, especially with how good he is at forechecking um, in the other team zone and making sure um, you know the other team is not able to get the puck out. Heck, even in his own zone, um, he's he usually makes the right decision. So I think in the long run, um, those lines make more sense. You know, other than the Gensel, Crosby, Rustine, and Zucker. Uh, Malkin Raquel. Not to say that those lines don't work. They absolutely do. 
but I think their top six would look even better um, if they make the changes that I made. So, you know, shout out to Jeff. I think he was the, again, he was the first one um, to have that from Penguins Twitter. Um, but, you know, just they had great chemistry. And, you know, also I, I will say this, Jason Zucker, congrats. You know, he's going to be a player that they, they're going to need to rely on if they want to make a deep run. I know it sounds weird to say, but with the depth scoring, you know, being, I guess, a little bit of more of a concern lately, lately with some of the players not scoring as much, like Evan Rodriguez, Chris Berry Captain, even though defensively he's been a lot better this year. Um, they need a player, whether it's on the second line or third line, to step up, and I'm hoping that is Jason Zucker. So if we can get more from what we saw from him um, on Sunday, that's going to be huge down the stretch. You know, his return, I think, really gives this team an element that they've been missing um, all season long. So those were my a couple of my main thoughts from the game against the Predators on Sunday. Overall, though, I don't like how the Penguins played in that game. Um, this that was the third really bad game in a row. You know, you look at these games that they lost. You know, the first two Colorado games, I thought the Penguins deserved to win. They at least deserved two or three out of the four points. Um, the Rangers game, they stunk. Um, that's just that's the reality situation. Washington, I thought they were fine through two periods, had a really bad third. I'm going to get to that um, a little later on in this episode. And then yesterday, you know, they, they were lucky to, to escape with a win. Um, I'll say that. If it weren't for Sidney Crosby going beast mode, the Penguins lose that game. Um, so it just I, I figured I would um, put that out there. Um, I also have thoughts on Casey DeSmith. That's going to come up in the next segment too, as well as, of course, my thoughts on the Evgeny Malkin hit and some weird stuff that you're seeing from other fan bases and all that jazz. And of course, I'll get to some thoughts on the on the Capitals game um, as well. Now, before we get to that, our next partner, Athletic Greens, they have a product that I literally use every day. And, you know, sometimes I just, I wanted better health. I think, you know, sometimes I don't feel like I'm as energized as normal. Heck, my girlfriend also really likes it. You know, she's been taking it for about the last three to four weeks. You know, I have to, I absolutely love it. You know, it also doesn't take, I know it doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It kind of has like a mild tropical taste, but I still look forward to drinking it every morning, which is the funny thing. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adoptions to help you start your day Right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, focus, and aging, all of those things. So again, I personally consume it because I wanted to be in better health. My girlfriend, she is the same way. You know, she works out um, a couple times a day. So that's usually um, when she takes it. You know, I I personally take it in the morning, you know, before I have my cup of coffee um, and stuff. But so for some health facts, it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat, you know, keto, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, excuse me. Um, It also supports better sleep quality and recovers, supports mental clarity and alertness. It's also the one thing with with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product irritations and third-party testing. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. And that's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do for that, visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, getting into some of the other thoughts from these, these uh, weekend's uh, party games. Let's just, I'll get the Evgeny Malkin stuff out of the way here. Okay. As always, I'm going to give my unbiased, very objective opinion because I know social media has been a total cesspool with rival fans saying a bunch of BS to some of the media just spewing out nonsense. I'll say this. What Evgeny Malkin did was wrong. Point blank. It was it was dirty. It was Bush League. There's no place for it in today's NHL. That's how bad it was. And he will deserve to get suspended. I think it's going to be two to three games if I'm going to double check right now. Has he been suspended yet? I'm going to refresh Twitter. Um, nope, not, nothing yet. Okay, that's for now. Again, I'm glad he got the hearing. Well, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that from a Penguins perspective, but from a league perspective, I am glad that he got a hearing because these are the kind of plays that we need to get out of the game. Austin Matthews, he had a very similar situation a few weeks ago. He got a two-game suspension. I think that's what we're going to see with the NHL here with Evgeny Malkin. Maybe his prior history um, factors into it when he got suspended for a game for kind of swinging his stick at Michael Roffle of the Philadelphia Flyers in 2019. Maybe it's three games. It'll be deserved in a normal league. He maybe gets five to 10. It's just, that's not a good play. He knows better than that. He's at an age now where he can't be doing that and making those mistakes because it's going to hurt the team in the long run. He's very lucky that he did not get a match penalty five in a game and be kicked out. Um, The refs gave him a double minor, which is again, you know, very lucky. And the fact that the Penguins only had to kill off basically a two, forget the other penalty that they took. It was only going to be a two minute power play because they gave, gave Borietsky a minor two. That's just a horrendous display of officiating there. Um, the Penguins were very fortunate. I will say that. Now to the people on social media, for those that are on social media, I'll, I'll explain it like this. There is a weird segment of fans of other teams, mostly rivals, that are saying, well, you know, the Penguins always get the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to be surprised if he's not suspended. And, you know, Evgeny Malkin's one of the dirtiest players in the league. And, you know, oh, he's finally going to get what's coming to him. And same with Sidney Crosby and blah, 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 blah. And it's just a whole lot of, excuse my language, bullshit. That is exactly what it is. Again, I don't like cussing on this show. I hardly ever do it. But for that, I, I had to make, drive my point home. It is a bunch of BS. There's there's no merit to it. You know, I, I've seen some other people say, well, you know, the, the Penguins, they, they try to think that they are, you know, favored by the league or, you know, that their stars are higher than everyone so they can get away with that. But that's just not accurate. The NHL is very inconsistent with their player safety. And it's funny when people are on social media saying, well, I think he's going to get this many games. I think this, I think this. And then the drone of player safety just basically just goes. I mean, it's it's literally, it's, it's a fart noise for what they do because there's no consistency. There never has been. And the NHL loves this stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, those are the facts. And, you know, this will be Evgeny Malkin's first suspension in three years. Again, a deserved one. Don't bother with the people who are just saying stuff and can't be objective and may have the blinders on. I was Someone was in my mentions on Twitter yesterday saying, well, the Penguins are one of the dirtiest teams in the league. And there's no merit to that. 
I, I literally told him, I'm like, can you actually show me some dirty plays this season or last season where they're being dirty? No, they, they don't have anything because there's nothing there. The Penguins are literally one of the least physical teams in the league. And up until now, they have not had a player been suspended this season. I don't even really think they had a player suspended last year. So I don't really know where that's coming from. Have Sid and Gino done dirty plays even before this? Absolutely. I thought what Sid did on Saturday against Washington, that punch to the face of Nick Dowd, maybe deserved a little bit of a fine. I also will say, you see that happened about once every week or two, and you know the, the league doesn't really do anything about it. And you know, Sid's also really, he doesn't usually do that stuff anymore either. So I'm not really going to make a big deal out of that. But, you know, the people that are saying here, you know, just, you know, Batman favors them or that there's no discipline towards them just because of conspiracy theories. Um, it's it, it's a load of crap. And, you know, I, I, I also will say this. I'm going to be very careful about this, too. For how much abuse that Sid and Gino have taken over the years, and it is a lot. I definitely understand why they do what they do, especially in Evgeny Malkin's case, because he had had enough of Mark Borowiecki going at him or, you know, overall when he does stupid stuff like that. Again, that's the only thing I understand. I still think it is very wrong. That is my objective take on it. He can't be doing that. It hurts the team. Um, th that That is my overall take on the situation. There, there's no bias. There's no conspiracy, favoritism, whatever word you want to call it. The league just eats it up. There's no consistency. And that's the reality of the situation. I agree with a lot of the national media saying he should be suspended. It was Bush league garbage, whatever the word you want to use it there. That is all I think I will say on that. That, that is my, again, that was my truly, objective, rational take. So what do, you, what do you all think of that? Just let me know down in the comments on YouTube, you know, send me a message on Twitter, all that jazz. But I felt like I had to, you know, make a stand on this and just let you all know what I truly feel about it. Because again, you know, I see where some of his critics are coming from, where he's had a history of this. And, you know, he has, you know, he has dirty plays. But I've see, also seen people that say he's one of the five dirtiest players in hockey. And that's just not accurate. Before this, I believe he's only been suspended once. I, I don't, I don't know what we're doing here. So, um, that, again, that's just my take on it. Um, again, let me know, let me know what you all think about that um, in the comments down below, or of course you can also send me um, a DM as well. Now, coming up in the next segment, actually, no, before we get to the next segment, uh, shout out Casey DeSmith for Sunday against the Predators. He was sensational. That was probably the start of the year uh, for him. He made a lot of 10 bell saves that he really hasn't made up until this point. Um, the pad save that where he really stretched it out basically um, and robbed, I think it was um, Duchesne at the time, um, was basically a game saver. I honestly would not be surprised if Mike Sullivan goes back to DeSmith on Long Island. Um, with how Tristan Jari has regressed over his last 10 starts, actually, the Penguins have only won one of Jari's last seven starts. And in his last 10 games he's been in, he has an 894 save percentage. I think the two things can be true at the same time where A, he has been regressing and B, he's just gassed, which again, you know, that goes with point A with, you know, he just, he's not playing as well because 
Um, he's just been playing a lot this year. So um, if they want to give him more time off because the playoff spot is basically locked up at this point, I would not mind that getting his game back to a high level is of the utmost importance for the Penguins. They are not going to win a round or two or go on a Stanley Cup run if Jerson Jari is at, even at an average uh, rate. Because if, if they have to go up against Igor Shostarkin in the first round, and I think that's still very likely at this point, um, he's going to have to play um, at an above average to an elite level to allow the Penguins uh, to get there, to say the least. So I would not mind if Mike Sullivan gives uh, gives Jari another night off and starts uh, to Smith on Tuesday, then maybe start Jari on Thursday, have him start Saturday in Boston, and then they get the four to five day break. And then, you know, there's only a few, there's only um, a few games left at that point. I think after that, the Penguins only have five games left and, and then uh, two of them are on a back-to-back. So, you know, they can also manage his workload, you know, especially when they clinch the playoff spot, when it looks like they're going to play the Rangers or something. You know, I think that'll be big there. But, you know, shout out to DeSmith. He gave them a chance to come back into that game and also win the game. Um, that was really one of his best starts of this season. I believe he was a 940 total save percentage. So kudos to him. Really nice start. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to get to an injury update surrounding Brock McGinn and why I think his return um, is imminent. And also do a small preview for the game on Tuesday against the New York Islanders. Um, before we get to that, though, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, have you tried the Puffs for Built Bar? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar. They are a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Heck, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, the Puffs are included in those. They're also low calorie and high protein. You can replace your candy bars with them as well. And heck, they are better than a candy bar. You can go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You will be blown away by what you see. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. You can go to Build.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, the big update for the Penguins tonight, Anthony Angelo and Redeem Zahorna have been sent back to Wilkes-Barre. So, with those going back and Philip Hollander, is gone back. The only extra foot there's they only really have 12 healthy, well, 12 to 13 healthy forwards right now. Fiani Malkin obviously is about to be suspended. That means to me that Brock McGinn is ready. He's gonna take the morning skate on Tuesday, and I think he is going to be playing against the Islanders and make his return. Um, and you know, once Evgeny Malkin is ready to go, Penguins are gonna have a pretty big lineup decision to make. Um, potentially as soon as Saturday, maybe as soon as the week after when they play the Bruins again at PB2 Paints Arena. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see, to say the least, what Mike Sullivan decides to do. But I am really excited for McGinn to come back. I think the Penguins are missing um, an offensive punch from him in their bottom six. I also think they're especially missing a defensive impact from him. Because since his injury, 
And since they did trade Zach Aston Reese, who was one of the better defensive players for Ricard Raquel, I think the bottom six has suffered a little bit. Defensively, they're not nearly as strong. When the Sid line is not out there, I think they're getting buried at 5v5. The underlying numbers are not pretty. Um, and getting McGinn back is going, I, I, I think in my opinion, is going to do wonders to getting the defensive impact for uh, you know at least one of the other lines back on track. They can put him with Teddy Bluger, maybe Danton Heinen, and that's a pretty good fourth line. You have three players on there who can definitely finish their chances. Heinen is, you know, almost at 20 goals um, this year. You know, Bluger, obviously a really good two-way center than McGinn. Um, I believe he's had double-digit goals this year too. So they've definitely missed him um, in both aspects. I know some people don't like him as much because of the term, the money, his underlying numbers are not the greatest, especially offensively. But with the finishing that he has brought into this team this year and how I think, you know, just from an eye test perspective, how he's been defensively, especially on the PK, um, I think you know this is this return for him. I think it may surprise some people in the fan base, um, to say the least. So definitely really excited to get him back. Um, and at that point, you know, outside of a suspension, you know, I'm sure you all know what I'm thinking. You know, with I, I knocked on wood. That's all I'm gonna say. I think you, I've said this 500 times, and something bad's gonna happen. Um, but you know, it's it's pretty nice that we're almost basically a game 75 now, and we're finally gonna hopefully get our full complement. Um, of players, to say the least. Now, of course, the Penguins, they go to Long Island to finally play the New York Islanders again. I do not, they have not played the Islanders since November, I am pretty sure. And I think that was a, yeah, that was a one nothing final. I'm going to scroll back up here to find uh, the game. Um, if I can here, geez, yeah. November 26th was right after Thanksgiving. Kasperi captain, yeah, had the lone goal. This was when the Islanders were really battling their COVID situation. They had, they had like 10, 11 regulars um, out of the lineup that night. Yeah, I mean, they had, I think, Ajo, Barzell was playing, Bovillier, Sezikis, Clutterbuck, Noah Dobson. But, you know, outside of that, they had a bunch of players in here that um, I really had no idea who they were. Um, they were just really going through it. Um, that said, this is a much better Islanders team um, as of late, to say the least. You know, they've actually been playing some pretty good hockey. They were able to um, catch the Columbus Blue Jackets um, even. But, you know, I, I did see some weird takes from people saying that, oh, they might catch the Penguins. They might catch the Washington Capitals. I'm like, they're they're 15 points back of the Capitals with only 11 games to play. And they're 19 points back of the Penguins in a regulation win on Tuesday for the Penguins over the Islanders clinches a playoff spot. So, don't really know where those takes are coming from. Uh, that was that, that's just not going to happen um, at this point. Um, it all starts on the top line though with Brock Nelson. Uh, he has had a breakout year, to say the least. A thirty goal score. It almost seems like every time the Penguins and Islanders play, he is on the scorecard. Um, so I would not be surprised if he scores at least one goal tomorrow. Um, he's been one of the more underrated players, I think in the NHL this year. So definitely have to watch out for him. Anthony Bovillier has been eh. Anders Lee. He's back up playing this year. Obviously he missed the playoff series against the Penguins last year. Didn't really seem to matter. He's one of the best net front presences in the league. Jean-Gabriel Pajot has been one of their best players as of late. I believe he's been leading the team in goals for the last couple of weeks. Um, he's been really turning up his play. It looks like a player that, you know, is clutch in the playoffs during the regular season, Kyle Palmieri, for as bad as he was in the regular season last year, and you know, mostly in the playoffs after the Penguin series, um, he's been pretty good this year. Uh, that game winner that I watched 
against Carolina the other night with how he was able to have one hand basically on the stick and go around Brady Shea, snipe it, top cheese with 19 seconds left after uh, Carolina tied it when the final minute um, was just awesome. You know, you're, you know, you're, you're letting Kyle Palmieri do that to you of all people. Definitely a bit weird, but um, you know, he's definitely been pretty good for them. Zach Parise, I kind of dumped on that move just because he's a lot older at this point. He's also been a really good depth signing. Matt Barzell, he hasn't been as good this year, but he's always dangerous whenever he comes onto the ice. Oliver Wallstrom has one heck of a shot. Pelican Pulak defensively, one of the best top pairings in the league. Noah Dobson's really come out this year. I don't think it's going to be long before he's on the top pairing. Um, the Islanders, I think, have the makings of a really solid defensive core um, with those three. I don't know why Zendano Char is continuing to get minutes. Andy Green is, and eh, Hutton is okay. Scott Mayfield's out for the year. Um, but, you know, they had at least three, you know, pretty good to getting to be elite defensemen on that team. Um, I think the Islanders, they're going to be back in the playoff hunt next year. This is going to be a tough game for the Penguins. It always is when they play the Islanders. I know Barry Trotz hockey is boring to watch. That said, I do think this team is beatable. Um, they haven't played some of the best teams in the league pretty well this year. I know they've been pretty hot down the stretch, but, you know, they've gotten blown out by St. Louis. They lost to Dallas. They also got blown out by Boston and Tampa Bay recently. I know they took down Carolina at Carolina and probably play one of their finer games of the season. But um, I do think the Penguins have what it takes to win this game, even without a Kenny Malkin. Remember that last game, you know, a one nothing final. The Penguins were able to shut them down. Again, I know the Penguins um, were playing a very shorthanded team. Um, so, you know, we're curious to see how the Penguins look now that the Islanders are back at full strength. I do think this Islanders team is going to be a playoff team next year. If they can make a couple of really good moves in the offseason and get a score or two, um, they will be right back in contention. Um, that, that, you know, Lou Lamorello is not going to sleep until he has that team um, back in the playoffs. So big game then. The Penguins will then get them again on Thursday. I have a full game recap coming up for you all. Um, on Tuesday night after the game. And then Wednesday may have an episode with Gil Martin. I had to reschedule with Adam Gretz. It was supposed to be uh, today's episode on Monday, but you know he was feeling a little under the weather. So we're in talks of just rescheduling it to hopefully later this week, if not the week after. Say at least that also could be a good time too, because the Penguins are going to be off um, for the next few days. I'm going to have to fill up some content, of course, um, for you all. Um, I did say I was going to get to a couple quick thoughts on the Capitals game. Um, overall, I liked how the Penguins played in that game for the final, well, for the first 40 minutes, that third period though, it just didn't bother to show up. Um, you know, of course, of all people, Tom Wilson gets the game winner. I saw the Jersey that, um, Rachel's friend, uh, Megan, they're out, that, that, that meme that everyone saw Rachel Nunes, who has been on this podcast, that is her best friend, Megan, who posted that. So it's just funny how a small world it is, especially for someone like me, um, you know, but it's just, it, of course, he had to get the game winner. It's just, it's poetic with that regard. Um, I didn't like a couple of the goals that Tristan Jari gave up. He has to be better, I think. Especially on the fourth goal, I thought he was a little off his angle there. Um, the Orlov one definitely reminded me of Chris Oz good vibes uh, from 2008, 2009. A little bit how he was always off his angle against the Penguins. Um, he just, he needs to correct those to say the least. And the Penguins, again, you know, they just did not defend hard enough in the third period. And they're also making some really... Uh, poorest decisions to say the least. So unacceptable performance. I think um, glad the Penguins were able to get the win on Sunday. Um, so, you know, Penguins will move on obviously. And that is that. So Penguins at 94 points right now, six points back of the New York Rangers. Um, I believe they're now eight points back of the Carolina Hurricanes as well. 
Penguins Islanders on Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. start time on AT&T Sports Network. Um, we'll see if the Penguins can clinch their playoff spot. A regulation win for them clinches it. So I am excited to watch it, see if the Penguins can make some history. It would extend their playoff streak to 16 years in a row, the longest active streak in major North American pro sports. So thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast, and I look forward to talking with you all again on Tuesday.